0: And those are all chemical sunscreens. So their job is to go in and physically absorb those rays. Think about that for a second. Like it's absorbing the rays. It's not bouncing it. It's not like it's taking it in and it's holding on to those rays. And it's not allowing your skin cells to synthesize it and use it. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Alright, welcome to today's episode, you guys. I'm so glad that we're um, pulling back into another amazing re-release. And you guys are going to... This is, like, really, truly one of my favorite, like, best ofs. Like, this is episode five. This was one of the OGs. And I don't know if you guys are noticing a theme here, but this is a lot of, like, the beginning episodes. And we geek hard in this episode. Yes, we do. I think it's one of those episodes where we look back and we were like, wow, did we talk for an hour? (laughs) <laughs> that, was <a laughs> that was a long time i, was, like, I
1: mean it probably was longer I don't know. it might have been yeah it, it
0: probably was we did that regularly back in the day because there's just so much to say oh, so like it, this episode like exactly an hour oh is it yeah yep. i mean it's it is jam-packed full of um really important information that has to do with sun exposure sun protection vitamin d they're all connected and um we just, we had a really great time in this episode, but I want to hear more a little bit about why this was your pick, Cassie.
1: Well, I picked this. I mean, I know, I just want to reiterate, like we know these episodes are releasing in August, but like, guess what? You're still going to need sun protection in August, mm-hmm. September, moving forward. Um, but this is one that the listens it has on it compared to like current listens on our our episodes does not do the information justice. This is a very juicy episode,
0: Mm -hmm. where I
1: geek out very hard on the difference between UVA and UVB rays. We talk about blue light and skin aging. Um, we went really deep into a lot of myths around getting vitamin D from sun exposure and what that Ooh. actually looks like. Ooh. And, and then we talked obviously a lot about like why we choose a physical sunscreen instead of a chemical sunscreen in mm-hmm. this episode. There's a lot of great research in the show notes. Um, and we talked a lot about sun exposure threshold as well, which is something that a lot of people don't really understand for their own bodies. Mm -hmm. and I think can be a really helpful thing to note. So I'm very excited for everyone to get to listen to this episode, either for the first time Or maybe for the first time in two years (laughs) welcome back (laughs) (laughs) welcome back it's a really really good one and uh and it's it's very fun for me as a nutritional therapy practitioner which we don't talk a lot about on the podcast anymore i don't Mm -hmm. actively practice or see clients but man this stuff is just locked up right there in my brain and (laughs) it's fun to kind of unearth it and there's just so much myth busting to do around like, can we actually get vitamin D from the sun? Um, Why is it important for us to use sunscreen and what do these kind of different kinds of rays actually do to our skin and why do we want to block them um, at any time? And how Mm -hmm. do we do it? How do we Mm -hmm. actually block them? So safely, yes. So uh, I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode and we can't wait to hear what you think. So make sure you are commenting on our Instagram post for this week's episode and um you know throw us a voice memo on Instagram I you guys. Voice
0: memos. Please
1: throw us a voice memo. Let us I know what it. you think. What questions do you have? I have a feeling this episode is going to garner a follow up episode. I think so. <laughs>
0: like a yeah, like a part two. Yeah. Qu- a q and years a, later. Q and yeah. A
1: situation. And we're gonna yeah. be moving toward a lot more Q and A episodes here in our next season. So
0: I'm not going to stop mine. Should I stop mine? Should you stop? Michael, should I, should I send that out more succinctly? Because you did on the other ones. Yeah, you send it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. I hope you guys get a chance to really like dive into the juiciness of this episode. And we're we're pumped to hear from you guys. Enjoy. Okay, and we are ready to get to our listener question today. We are going to be talking about sunscreen, vitamin D, sun exposure, all the things that are relevant into the season we are coming into. And uh, we have a great question from a listener. She says, can you touch on the importance of using sunscreen? I'm currently studying to be an NTP, and we are learning about vitamin D from UVB rays. If you're going to be outside for long periods of time, do we need to minimize sun damage through sunscreen Also, do we reach a certain sun exposure threshold when making vitamin D? This is such a good question.
1: I know. I loved when this came in and she actually asked me. You know, can you address this in Instagram stories? And I thought, nope, that's a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's an this entire a, podcast yeah. episode. So, this is really timely because, you know, we're in this season when this podcast launches and you guys hear this episode. Um, you know, we're headed into summer. And uh, I think it's really important to be equipped with the right information about sun exposure and how we, you know, how our bodies respond to that. So, I think there's a, this question is like multifaceted. There's like ten so different, yeah. And honestly, I just want to start with a little bit of interesting info from a couple of studies that Harvard has done, actually. On are we actually getting vitamin D from the sun? Because it, honestly, I think that's the the if with this whole, this whole thing. Yeah, you know, you it really depends sometimes it's difficult to assimilate vitamin d in your body based on what you've got going on internally sometimes it is uh, less likely that you're actually getting vitamin d from your uvb rays depending on where you live so um, there's a few different factors i wanted to talk about really quick Um, it matters how close you are to the equator Mm -hmm. so the less vitamin d producing uvb light reaches the earth's surface during the winter and um, like for example residents of boston make little if any vitamin D from like November to February that sounds familiar right because we've got short days and we have clothing that covers our legs and arms and and we also limit UVB exposure and the same is true and we live in Oregon and Washington in this this area we're not really exposed to a whole heck of a lot of UVB light during those months so we actually tend to have significantly lower levels of vitamin D like everyone. and have it's yeah and low vitamin D tends to be a pretty rampant issue in this area uh, another Another um thing that, that's really imperative to know about is actually air quality. So this is car- really interesting. Yeah, carbon particles in the air um from the burning of like fossil fuels, wood, other materials, they scatter and they actually absorb UVB rays and they diminish Ooh. vitamin D
0: production because they're they're scooping up those UVB rays. You know what's fascinating about that? You think about the really like polluted areas of the United States, that that gives you a pause to think about living in a big city. For real, right? Yeah. Um, And
1: ozone absorbs UVB radiation. What? Yeah. So if you are, you're in a more pollution-ridden area, it can cause holes in the ozone and if your ozone layer is, you know, got a hole in it, it's going to actually end up enhancing vitamin D levels because you're not filtering out those UVB rays. It's really interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. And then of course the last thing, you know, last couple of things, um, skin color matters because Mm -hmm. melanin is what makes your skin darker essentially. And it competes for UVB with a substance in the skin that kind of kickstarts vitamin D production in the body. And so light skinned folks like myself, um, tend to generate the same uh, amount of vitamin D and its skin color really matters too. So melanin is a substance in the skin that actually makes your skin darker, right? And it competes for UVB with a substance in the skin that kickstarts the body's vitamin D production. And as a result, dark skin folks tend to require more UVB exposure to get the same amount of vitamin D that lighter skin folks can get. So is that so
0: that's indicative of people that tan easily? Like, sure. Yeah. So people that tan easily uh, their bodies are competing. That's so fascinating. So people that tan easily like I tan super easy. So my body is competing with the vitamin D production because of the tan. I mean essentially that's the idea. Oh. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's probably something deeper to look into for sure. We don't have a whole lot of time to like touch deeply on that. Um, weight is actually a really interesting thing. Weight's an issue. So body fat actually tends to sop up, like soak up vitamin D and it's actually Mm -hmm. been proposed by a couple of different researchers that it might provide a vitamin D kind of rainy day fund. So you're able to, um, just store vitamin D in the body, but also when you're overweight, um you actually it, it negatively affects the body's bioavailability of vitamin D so it, you can have an issue assimilating vitamin D if you're overweight mm. um and then age of course and this is something that Genevieve's going to touch on when we kind of go into like photoaging and all of that but you know compared with younger people older people have lower levels of the substance in the skin that UVB like converts into vitamin D as a precursor
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: um, there's a ton of actually experimental evidence in this study that Harvard did, and we can link to that, um, that older people are actually less efficient vitamin D producers than younger folks. That's fascinating. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then lastly, um, the use of sunscreen. So this is what we're going to kind of focus on with the content moving forward. But um, essentially, sunscreen prevents sunburn by blocking UVB light. But that's turning off the body's signal that it's time to head out of the sun so it can actually increase sun damage to the skin mm-hmm. because you're not your body isn't able to listen to that um, to that indication that it's time to step away. And so as like from a practical perspective, very few people put on enough sunscreen to even block UVB light in the first place. Um and there's often like no difference between adults randomly assigned to use sunscreen or those assigned a placebo cream in studies. And there's a specific study that was done in Australia that kind of details this. So it really matters how much sunscreen you put on and people don't
0: reapply. You have to reapply. Yeah. Those so, indications of, you know, 60 minutes, 80 minutes are a real thing, you know, especially with children. So I think the application Part is going to be most important when you're dealing with that because if it's too hard to put on or it's annoying to put it on of course you're not going to reapply right you know Right. So, uh, you know, and I kind of, I want to make
1: sure I answer all the facets of Melissa's Melissa's question. This is well with Mel. You can find her on Instagram. (laughs) Um, My girl who's in the Portland NTP class asked me this question when I was talking about beauty counters, new sunscreen option. Um, And so one of the questions that's kind of built into this is like how much sun is healthy, right? So generally about 15 to 20 minutes tends to be the place where you start to kind of pink up. And if you pink up, That's your body telling you that you've produced enough vitamin D from UVB exposure. So that's that's your body's own innate intelligence telling you it's time to step away. Yeah. Go find some shade, Mm -hmm. put on, you know, more clothing, cover Mm -hmm. yourself with a hat and or Let's throw on some sunscreen. Right. So, safe sun exposure is really important because it can actually increase your body's level of vitamin D. But we know that depends on all those factors that we were just talking about, right. which is why I kind of wanted to start with that. So, um, how much sun is healthy is going to depend person to person a ton, but you just need to listen to your body. Get out there for 15, 20 minutes. Some people could probably handle up to 30. It just depends on I think that's really how much you important. pink up.
0: Yeah. Because there's a lot of information out there that's telling you, oh, Ten minutes of casual exposure will get you X amount of IUs. When that just, we all are starting to understand a lot more how each body is very different, and you have to learn how to read your own body because mm-hmm. your body is made to give you signals on so many fronts. We just have to learn what those signals are. You know, so true. A little bit, a little bit pink. That's enough.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, so we know, you know, we, we always talk about like UVA, UVB and even blue light. So UVA rays are, we call aging rays, which is really easy to remember UVA. So those age our skin, cause photo aging. Um, UVB rays are actually burning rays, but they're the same rays that also, um, you know, help our bodies synthesize and create vitamin D. So, you know, what, there's got to be a breaking point there. Mm-hmm. You want some UVB exposure, but not all. Um, but it's been proven that you know, I think up to like four burns can increase your sun, your chances of getting skin cancer in your life by like a lot. And I don't, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. We can probably look I know that what up. are talking about though. Um, but essentially, you know, we've got we want controlled exposure to UVB and then we need to cover up after that. And then of course we're also being exposed to blue light, not only through the sun itself, right? That's what filters the sun and makes our sky blue. Um, but blue light exposure through our through our devices. We're staring at our computers right now, mm-hmm. um, through our computers, our phones, all of that. We're being exposed to that light and it does affect our skin and our health. So mm. we, you know, it's there's a so new like I haven't heard a whole lot about blue light until maybe the last year. Yeah. So in the nutrition community, there's a lot of discussion around how blue light affects your sleep patterns, about how your skin can sense that blue light. So even if you have like lights on in your room, um, you know, blue light mimics Mm. the same light frequency as the sun. And so if you're staring at your computer late into the evening and everything else is dark around you, you're actually not giving your body the indication that it's time to power down and go to sleep. Mm. And it can actually make you produce more cortisol in the evening and less. melatonin and it kind of can set things off. I need less cortisol in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Most people do not, not all, but
0: most. I'm working on it. Um,
1: or just balance, you know, balance cortisol. Cortisol is there for a reason. It's actually a really, um, productive hormone within the body, but you have to have, you know, Uh, the right balance of of cortisol and melatonin and at the right time of day so we we talk a lot about blue light exposure um in in regard to like adrenal health and sleep hygiene and all that but when we talk about sun like like light exposure for skin damage it's really interesting and we're finding out that blue light is actually aging our skin faster makes a lot of sense yes So if you're going to be out in the sun for longer periods of time um, or you're doing outdoor sports or what have you, like you really should be applying sunscreen to protect your skin from UVA, UVB and blue light. Mm -hmm. And it's something to where, you know, you're trying to minimize sun damage through sunscreen. And because you're not going to be able to filter all of it out. And it's so important to read the instructions on your sunscreen and reapply as necessary. Because Mm -hmm. if it tells Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. been tested. It has to be. Yeah. So, you know, if you have been out in the sun for 80 minutes and it says reapply after 80 minutes, reapply like yeah. oh, <laughs> everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think, you know, we look at studies and, and placebo versus, you know, regular sunscreen and sun damage is the same for both because folks don't put enough on and they don't cover their entire body and they don't rub it in. It's, you know, yeah, we think, and thing. especially with the spray sunscreens out mm-hmm. there, which, I mean, that's a whole nother story. Uh, the spray sunscreens tend to, you know, we just, people just spray them on and they don't even rub them in and they think that they're they're like covered they're well, it's fine because they most
0: of those sunscreens you can't even see where you have put it no idea yeah and you're like okay I, I feel kind of moisturized here so maybe that's covered yeah you know that was kind of my that was kind of my big, my big qualm with missed sunscreens for the longest time is it you're not helping yourself here <laughs> right So um, what I would love for you to actually touch on Genevieve
1: Mm. is the difference between chemical and physical barrier sunscreens, because we are not talking about going and equipping yourself with anything. (laughs) I don't want to say a specific brand with (laughs) chemical sunscreens, your classic, like I'm going to say it,
0: Coppertone, what, you know, Sunsport SPF Mm -hmm. 8 million. You just go to the like whole sunscreen, like stand at the store and it's just full of all these different kind of sunscreens and they're all pretty much pretty much the same thing you very rarely do you find something that's <laughs> special
1: well and In, even within mineral sunscreens you have to be careful about what yeah. you choose you know obviously because of other ingredients that could be attached to that many of them right. contain fragrance um you know they're trying to put like coconut smelling and i'm like no i don't need coconut no just like
0: like give me the give me the zinc and i'm cool yeah right so yeah i think that's a an important topic to Touch on in here is the physical versus the chemical sunscreen because uh that's really that's the big thing when you go to the big wall of sunscreen and you're like trying to make your choices you think I want SPF hundred I'm gonna be the most protected I'm gonna be happy and safe my kids will be cancer free no okay it <laughs> just, just no just no so because when you have the difference between physical and chemical chemical sunscreen is gonna be things like oxybenzone almost anything that ends with benzone or zone in the end of it which is most of those there's avobenzone and so you're going things with like with oxytinozate and those are all chemical sunscreens. so their job is to go in and physically absorb those rays think about that for a second like it's absorbing the rays it's not bouncing it it's not Like it's taking it in and it's holding on to those rays and it's not allowing your skin cells to synthesize it and use it. So it's it's providing unbalanced sun exposure because you're not getting a proper balance between UVA and UVB light. And nobody knows what that energy is doing and where it's going. Ooh. that's the other scary thing is there's not enough there's not enough being done on it because it's it's a difficult thing to study right so but the fact that it's kind of difficult to study means maybe we should take a step back and like find other avenues that are safer what take a step back and actually look and do some research like what no no what's that a thing so the physical sunscreen is going to be things like titanium dioxide and zinc oxide zinc oxide is considered the safer version because of the toxicity level possibilities in it versus titanium dioxide. So a lot of times in the, the natural sunscreens, you're going to see things like zinc oxide slash titanium dioxide. And while that's not necessarily bad, we know that zinc oxide is safer and does just as good of a job. It's just some people don't like it because it can be very white cast, but there are a lot of products coming out on the market right now that are doing a better job of using zinc oxide without the nanoparticles. So hopefully people are understanding what nanoparticles are too. That's something to touch on. People are taking zinc oxide and they are turning it into a nanoparticle, which is like not safe at all because it can be absorbed into your skin. So we know that zinc oxide, the nanoparticles can get absorbed in the bloodstream. And that's part of the problem is things that are entering your bloodstream through your skin is I mean, the skin's supposed to be a barrier. Right. Right. And when you're introducing something nano sized, it just the the effects are really unknown. We but anything that's absorbed through skin is probably not exactly what our body is designed to to do you know it's not supposed to take in something at a nano size so when you're shopping for safer sunscreens zinc oxide is probably one of the best recommendations out there there's there's a lot of brands out that are using that zinc oxide and there's a lot of clever things out there like badger has a brand that has like a pink cast zinc oxide mm-hmm. so when it's on the skin it doesn't look as white which is nice but you still need to be able to see it and you need to, be able to know where you've been But Beauty Counter's got a great zinc oxide that that was one of the other things that I loved when I first found Beauty Counter was that I could put a sunscreen on my kids that didn't make them react. Right. And they have really sensitive skin because they both have eczema and a lot of other issues that come out in their skin. But I was able to put uh, a zinc oxide sunscreen on them that didn't leave them white cast, but I know is still protecting them. Yes. Well, and it goes on like whiter.
1: Or at least the spray sunscreen. I love that. Our, so we have a new mineral spray sunscreen. Beauty Counter's a new mineral spray sunscreen. And you can see it where you spray it.
0: like Which is it's nice. super
1: white when you spray it on. But, it but once in. you rub it in, it's good to go.
0: Right. And I think that people need to know that that's an option. Because I think, you know, you think of the white nose. You think of like the super, like I saw a gentleman that had put on zinc oxide. And I was like, you go, man. But he literally had the whitest like it looked like he put face paint on his whole face, but he was like serious, man. He's like, I'm going to protect myself. So I was like, Oh man, there's gotta be a balance there, you know, but for an easier way to avoid this, the issue of the physical sunscreen versus the chemical is understanding the difference between the two. So chemical sunscreens really are, have um, they don't block all the rays the way zinc oxide does. So that's something else to keep in mind is even, Even though you're using a sunscreen, it's not as effective as zinc oxide. Right. Um, But something else that that needs to be touched upon with the chemical sunscreen is beyond our own bodies. It's actually really harmful for the environment. Like uh, Hawaii. Hello. Oh, I'm so... So oxybenzone was... uh
1: It has it has to be removed from all sunscreens to have that sunscreen sold in Hawaii Um, and it should be completely eradicated by 2021 because of the degradation of our coral reef system systems. And if you think that oxybenzone is not negatively affecting your body, this is being diluted by salt water. And it in is diminishing amounts. our coral reefs by huge
0: amounts. And think about the percentage of our skin and what it's being put on. In our oh, skin. my gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I just can't. So for me, I, I honestly recommend um, completely avoiding oxybenzone. And if you have questions, you can turn your bottle over. I'm going to say this so many times on the podcast is make sure you're turning your bottle over and you're actually reading the ingredients. That can be a, like a barrier point for a lot of people is being like, I don't even know what these words mean. You will get it over time. So turn it over. You can see what sunscreens being used because they have to list it in the, the facts on the bottle on the top because it's considered an active ingredient. Right. So it, they will list it very clearly so make sure you're seeing how you're getting those uva uvb protection because most of the time they'll say uva broad spectrum well but why you know how is it
1: also broad spectrum is just a marketing term exactly. it means nothing
0: exactly but it's so popular in the front of those bottles so oh it's a, and i know that they <laughs> i know that it's really easy to feel marketed to but you can take a little more control of that by reading the facts on the back so make yes. sure that you're yes. constantly picking it up and reading the back and Looking at all of the facts in the back. Well, and use the EWG as
1: a resource, so you can actually scan either through barcode or you can search within the Skin Deep database, and we'll link that for you in the show notes um, about the uh, the product that you're putting on your skin, and you can you can take a look at the sunscreens that they have in their sunscreen guide. So they have like EWG's guide to sunscreen each year and they update it. And you can check for safe options that provide a physical barrier instead of a chemical barrier. And most of them are zinc based. Some have titanium dioxide, but you can kind of take a look and, and decide what works for you and what works for your family.
0: I know. I love the EWG for those kind of things. Like last year's report, they had like best beach and sports sunscreens, best scoring kids sunscreens, um, reports on the sunscreens and worst scoring kids sunscreens. I mean, the the resource in EWG is so fantastic because it's not just willing. You can actually read the scientific data behind it. You can click on links and they'll send you all these different places. So definitely check out the EWG.org and get educated on what you're currently using so you can understand where you want to go.
1: The sunscreen that I grew up using is on the worst list. Oh, no. I know. I saw that (laughs) several years ago, and I was like, oh, gosh.
0: I know. And interestingly enough, my mom had a heat stroke when she was in high school, and so she's never done well in the sun, and she's always had a lot of sensitivity with the sun, and so I grew up with a lot of sunscreen in my house too. I'm scared to even look to see what my sunscreen was like when I was a kid. (laughs)
1: You don't want to. You don't want to know.
0: Oh, the 90s.
1: (laughs) So I think one thing I would love for you to touch on is that chemical sunscreens, they keep the sun's rays from from getting to us. We think they are, but they don't actually block all of the rays the same way zinc oxide can.
0: Right. Yeah. So because zinc oxide is a physical sunscreen, you can think of it as it's bouncing the rays off of you. So that's the things you want to understand is chemicals absorbing and it's not... And Part of it might be, there's a percentage that might be bouncing, but zinc oxide, that's all it does. So it's not, the the energy is not being absorbed, it's it's bouncing off the skin. So that's why you get that white cast sometimes, but that's also why the technology is getting better and people are understanding how to use zinc oxide. So it's still physically blocking and um, bouncing the rays elsewhere. Okay. Uh, So
1: I think it's really interesting to just note and think about too, you know, when we're using chemical sunscreens, like how unstable the toxic and dangerous chemicals that come not just with the, the chemical sunscreen itself, not just with, you know, the oxybenzone or whatever chemical sunscreen is being used, but all the other nasty ingredients that are in these products. And what is happening to those products is in terms of like oxidation or further mm-hmm. toxicity when they're exposed to the sun
0: too, and then they're on your skin. I know I was recently reading an article in the United Press International, and they were discussing the studies being done on the water, hitting the water, the chemical water itself, like pools and all those things that so we, I mean, we, all summer long, when you go to the pool, you put on sunscreen, right? I think the mass majority of people in the United States are more exposed to pools than they are, you know, chlorinated water, that sort of thing. And the way the chemicals are interacting with the chlorine are actually coming out with toxic substances, period. Well, and And in some places
1: there's chlorine in the water supply.
0: Yeah. So you're
1: showering your sunscreen off, (laughs) and it
0: could be reacting at that point. You're bringing up such a good point. I didn't even think about. They're starting to study more the effects of like what the sunscreen's doing in our water supply, what it's doing to our oceans. Is a good indication that we need to look at it much more closely for our personal bodies, ourselves, and I mean, let alone the babies. I mean, like we want to make sure that they've got the best chance at a stable like body and things like that as they get older. Cause all the hormone disruption that can be happening through some of the emollients, some of the preservatives that are in those sunscreens too can be a huge indication that it's time to pivot time to look elsewhere and see what else we can do. What's better. Right. Okay. So I want
1: to, I want to, you know, go back to the conversation about um, photo aging and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about how, even some sun exposure, even safe sun exposure can actually age the skin. And, you know, for people like me who have some acne scarring, you know, I'm tending to see some sun spots pop up around like my mouth. How can we prevent photo aging? And like, what is the sun doing to our skin to like cause yeah. aging?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because if you don't know what it's doing, you don't know why you're preventing or like how, to, right. You know, you're so like, <laughs> why
1: I'm vain. Tell me why. Yeah, so that I'm, happening. I can protect myself even more. Right
0: so uh to touch on what it's doing to your skin so it's actually the uv rays are, are slowly kind of damaging our cells over time so the uva rays are going in and, and also i think they're they're both interacting with our skin in a way that breaks down the cells over time and they can't regenerate and, re- and fix themselves so the um the melasma or the, me- mel- the melan- melanocyte there okay edit that out <laughs> So the melanocyte cells are the cells that are responsible for creating the color in our skin. So the tans, freckles, uh, age spots as we get older, those sort of things. And those cells are responsible for the actual, like, physical protection in our skin. That's why we tan, that sort of a thing. So over time, if you notice that you're getting more sunspots and you know that's because a lot of people know that that's because they've, you know, had too much sun exposure when they were younger. It's because those melanocytes are literally, like, dying. They're, like, overworking. And Mm -hmm. they will just... Spurt the last little bit of what they've got left, and then they they then they're just on, and they don't ever turn off. So that's why you get the freckling, you get the sunspots, you get what liver spots. It's because right. the the cells kind of just are have been overworked, and hmm. so they just are on all the time, and um that is also true with. Acne scarring or if you have any scars of any kind. And depending on what's what Fitzpatrick scale skin type you are, which is gonna be a whole nother whole nother episode. I'm intrigued. It's there's a lot to touch on it, so we'll make sure we definitely talk about it. So if you're a skin type that's got more olive skin tone or you're um, you've got any of the darker range skin tones when you pigment you'll pigment from scarring so like if you get a cut or beyond acne um, you will be more likely to pigment because your body's trying to protect that new scar, scar skin cell because scarring cells are just they're they act totally different than our traditional cells so if you've had um, acne in the past your body is trying to protect those cells more and so you're going to see more pigmentation in areas that you've had acne and that sort of a thing. Uh, So if you know that you've had acne breakout and you know that you've had too much sun, it's never too late to put sunscreen on on a regular basis and protect your skin. And it's important for anti-aging factors because it's so hard on our skin, the UVA rays and UVB rays together can be really hard on our skin that it's going to make fine lines more apparent. It's going to be be difficult to um, keep the wrinkles away. Mm. And so, you know, you, there's there's always that person you see at least one point in our life we've seen oh that God. one person who spent <laughs> who look like leather way too much time in the tanning beds, right? And that's a thing. When I was in the med spa world, I, I spent a lot of time. I got really good at guessing people's ages, and then even guessing their age. And like this person's about in their early 40s, but they spent too much time in the sun when they were younger because I spent so much time like helping people um, fix their damage or work with their damage as best as they can. So if you're interested in anti-aging, which I don't know anyone who isn't, uh, I, <laughs> I would like to coverage. age more gracefully, please. Exactly. I yeah, would really I like mean, that. I'm down with some wrinkles, but I really just I want them to be the happy wrinkles. I really don't need those 11 lines in my forehead. It's mm. just like, you know, so I mean... If you're interested in anti-aging in any capacity, uh, sunscreen responsibly on a regular basis is a good idea, especially if you are a lighter skin type, uh, because those skin cells have to work harder to protect you. And so and you're going to break down faster. Yeah. As get older.
1: I really like to be cognizant of protecting my face better than any other part of my body too, because, right. you know, like my face and my neck and my chest, because that's like, that's going to show the most signs of aging because that's a part of your body that gets the most sun exposure, period. Right. Because, you know, throughout the entire year, and so I really focus on protecting that part of my skin. The rest, I'll let it, you know, brown up a little bit and right. get some safe sun exposure for sure. But I can always add makeup to warm my face up to match the rest of my body too. Yes. And I, I love that I've learned so much from you about how to do that. You Yay. know, you've kind of suggested like, you know, with the tinted moisturizer that I use, I could choose a darker tint to like kind of warm up my complexion a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm also doing,
0: I'm getting sun
1: protection too.
0: Mm -hmm. so that's really exciting i know the dew skin i that's why i use number three even in the winter sometimes Mm. because it gives me a little Yeah, in the winter
1: i cannot use number three
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i could use number two yeah so i mean every every shades every person's a little different but as long as you understand you know what shade you're matching the rest of your body like it's fantastic, yeah. fantastic but I, tool. yeah but I love that you
1: can warm up you know your skin on your face and you don't have to do that through you know over sun ex- overexposure to sun you can simply just kind of match with the rest of your body and still get some sun exposure on the rest of your body exactly So now that we all know that we need to choose a physical barrier sunscreen, let's chat for a minute about our favorites. So, um, I mean, we can, there are several beauty counter products that I definitely love and I'm going to have you touch on those. Um, I like to always provide lots of other options, especially for our listeners who are, um. You know, just wanting some some stuff they can pick up in the store. They might be
0: on vacation. Yeah. They might need to just go to a store. Yeah.
1: So I want you guys to be equipped with some some good options that maybe you could pick up from a like a natural grocery store or something like that. So not just beauty counter products. So Badger Balm is a good one to go with. Um, I don't love all Badger Balm products. Some of them um, really kind of, don't kind of sticky, sticky they, they feel kind of funky on the skin but I really like their SPF 35 kids sport sunscreen stick um, I prefer sunscreen sticks to lotions because the zinc stays suspended in the solution and then I don't have to worry or even think about shaking it yeah, yeah. which you need to do that I being worried. said it's I mean lotions are nice if you're covering a large area of the body but if we're talking about for like little babes this this particular badger balm sunscreen is great for kids Kids. and they have both sticks and lotions, um, a super simple formulation. Their baby sunscreen is actually really soothing and great for kiddos. And it's the most creamy and white of all the options. But if you're covering mm. up your kid, they probably don't care. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's a good one um, to go with in that respect. And then, you know, for me, I actually, my foray into Beauty Counter was sunscreen originally so yeah the first product I ever purchased from beauty counter was our um, protect stick sunscreen which is an SPF 30 and it's really small pocket sized I loved it and it was I purchased it for the first sunscreen I was going to use on my kiddo Oh, yeah and so that was my first um my first beauty counter product that I that I purchased back in the day a couple years ago um I like our sticks because they're super blendable so you don't have any white streaks And Mm -hmm. I really, honestly, I chose Beauty Counter over the Badger Bomb for my little one because I could carry the same sunscreen for myself and my kid, feel confident about it being safe, but also not having to worry about, okay, well, you get the one with the white streaks and I'm going to get the one without. Right. (laughs) So that was, it was just, it simplified my life a little bit, Um, but it's super portable. So I always have a face stick on hand in my purse, in my car, Um, I love that it's a perfect size for the purse oh my gosh you could throw it in your pocket too so I love that piece of it too and then we also have one like in both of our diaper bags. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else have more than one diaper bag for their kid? Like we have sure We so have many. like my husband's diaper bag that's like disheveled and like looks ridiculous. And then there's the diaper bag that I carry around and it's like really <laughs> nice and neat and organized, which I don't know how because none of the rest of my life is organized. Um, but for me, the the protectic sunscreen is a really good option because I have relatively sensitive kind of acne prone skin, which it's getting better. Mm-hmm. And I'll share in the future. I'm actually gonna share my son, my son. I'm going to share my skincare, current skincare routine um, with my Instagram following here in a hot minute. Check it. So, uh, but um, I really want to protect my skin from photo damage because I get sunspots. I'm starting to notice that's like the sign of aging that's kind of coming first for me is a little discoloration around my mouth. And dude, I try to pretend like I'm not vain, but I'm a little bit vain. Oh, so. everybody's a little vain.
0: Trust me, I learned uh, that in the med spa world. Yeah. <laughs> unsuspecting. So unsuspecting.
1: <laughs> so it's easy to apply, and the really fun part is actually he's grown up with this, you know, with the stick sunscreen, and so he actually he really likes it. It's kind of it's creamy and kind That's of soothing. Nice. So he'll mm-hmm. just stand there while I'm like applying his sunscreen,
0: and oh, be I can like, just picture. Mm. <laughs> I'm so calmly being like, oh, this feels nice. Yeah, like and massage. those
1: the sticks are formulated with. With coconut oil and then aussie fruit oil. And the new one is formulated with um, California poppy, which I'm is a really that. rich antioxidant. Yeah. Um, And they help not only hydrate the skin, but protect it. And so I I like that I'm actually putting something that's not drying because zinc can be a little drying on the skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my other go-to is the Dew Skin Tinted Moisturizer from Beauty Counter, which is an SPF 20. Mm -hmm. And I actually, it's been a really interesting thing. I actually, with my acne prone skin, zinc is actually naturally antibacterial and antimicrobial. And I have found that some topical treatment for me in the form of zinc on my skin is really helpful for, um, for my acne. So it's actually cleared up my skin quite a bit just using a tinted moisturizer.
0: Yeah. You've done such a good job of protecting your skin barrier with your moisture level that uh, even a daily or treatment basis of daily zinc. Amazing. It'd be perfect for that. Well, and actually, there ha- have been a
1: lot of studies actually that have suggested that skin is actually folks who have acne-prone skin tend to have low levels of zinc. So that's fascinating. Yeah, there's a correlation, a not necessarily correlation. causation. causation. <laughs> so that's something to think about too. Is just getting your zinc levels checked and and seeing how you're doing with that, and maybe doing a little bit of supplementing, working with a qualified practitioner. So.
0: I've learned about zinc with from you a lot more from you than anybody else. So I think that it's something that people need (laughs) I've dealt
1: with serious zinc deficiency. Yeah. And especially in postpartum it it got significantly worse. So I've had to really up and take care of myself and Probably was a hot mess in postpartum. (laughs) Well, and when you're when you're trying to supplement with zinc too, it's really important to think about zinc cofactors, your body's ability to assimilate it and And um, you know, getting some sort of multi mineral in because zinc mm-hmm. needs to be in certain levels in conjunction with the other minerals in your body. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, teach me all the so ways. So side side note, <laughs> back to
0: sunscreen. So what are your favorites? Honestly, you hit on all, all of my favorites so far. Okay. There, I do like the uh, the Badger brand that's got that pink tint to it because you can find it at most Whole Foods. So if you're traveling, that was what happened to me. Is about this time last year, took a trip to Vegas realized I forgot my sunscreen that I normally use that seemed to be okay. But I, I hadn't gotten my order from beauty counter yet. Like I had just found beauty counter and I hadn't, I was waiting for my order to come in and I missed it. And I was like, Oh shoot, what am I going to do? We're, we're in Vegas and we're like fresh, like winter skin. Cause my kids tan really easily. So we usually are pretty we're sparing. Like we know we're going to be out for a long period of time than we will. But I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm far from anything that I really recognize and know. And I went to the gift shop and turned the bottle over and was like, okay, what's like the least offensive sunscreen here? And I grabbed the baby sunscreen because it was the least offensive and only had one paraben in it instead of three and didn't have fragrance in it. And I was like, as far as I could tell, right? And so took it took it back used it on lucy and she ended up having a massive like chemical burn from it oh man poor girl to be fair she ended up having an an accident she was potty training but the combination of the two um gave her a really bad burn down (laughs) gave her a bad burn down her leg and the only thing that was new in her life because we'd been there for about four days uh was the sunscreen and it was enough for me to go okay get and me like, an uber all right I'm i heard you foods. yeah i was like <laughs> all right so i got an uber went over to whole foods and i picked up the badger brand and i was like trying to find one that i thought would be the least white cast and that one we really liked it was very sticky but uh, i liked the formula for like safety reasons yeah and it's at that safety point, you'll
1: get great coverage but the mm-hmm. texture isn't my fave
0: right and so that that was a good choice for me when i was like in a pinch mm-hmm Um, So I do I do love the formulation for safety standards with with Badger. But as far as like performance goes, Beauty Counter has been my favorite by far. Sure. Like I've had great success. And what's really nice, I've done some really fun like live videos showing people how to apply it on Lucy. And she is just the funnest little model. And it's easy to get it on her. I can just swipe the stick on her face and she rubs it in quick. I know she's protected and we're done. Yeah. So, but you touched on all the things about why I love them and the the top ingredients that make it reasonable for like, this is my jam. Yeah. So so the
1: the last one I want to mention is a beauty counter just came out with a mineral sunscreen mist,
0: which is exciting. Um,
1: Yeah. And it's a pretty cool innovation because it delivers like you get convenience, but you also get like a really even application. Um, But it's actually air powered. It's not aerosol powered, which is extremely important,
0: right? For our environment and So our lungs.
1: Yeah. So we use a bag on valve. uh, This this particular sunscreen does. So it's an airless bag that's surrounded by only compressed air. So there's no propellant chemicals in it. um, And it contains the sunscreen formula. So when the button is pushed, air pressure in the bottle increases, which forces the spray out of the bag. Okay so I really like this mineral sunscreen spray because it's a non-aerosol technology which is so so important we need For all many to avoid things. yeah so it's it's a bag on valve like airless bag that's surrounded by compressed air so it doesn't use any propellant chemicals super um, interesting yeah. And so when you push the button, the air pressure in the bottle increases and it forces the the product out of the bag and into onto your skin. Um, and then the other thing I love about it is it actually goes on super white so you can see where you sprayed your skin and then you can rub it in. Mm-hmm. And it's just really convenient. So it makes it so that you don't have to like shake the bottle and then which you probably should still shake it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but you don't have to like shake a big
0: bottle of lotion and then it's like the best parts of the lotion and all of the parts that we don't like of the lotion. Yeah.
1: And the thing I don't like about lotion is I often get too much in my hand mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? And I just like mm-hmm. grab my husband and I'm like, here's some more,
0: <laughs>
1: let me paste this on you. Uh, get rid of your, um, he, I call it his farmer's tan, but he, he will like, so he works at a, a, he works at a sand and gravel place okay. during the summer so my husband's a teacher and he works at a sandal gra- sand and gravel place during the summer and so he's exposed to tons of sun but it's like literally neck up and then like t-shirt lined down oh man epic lines oh my gosh and then his legs are super white it's like <laughs> it's hilarious and I'm always trying to get him to take his shirt off to even things out
0: and he's probably like well ah. What's the point? Now, right. Right? <laughs> right. So anyways, um, so I really like that new option as well. And that one's an SPF 30. I actually love that this one's touching on the blue light ray. Right? I know we talked about that earlier, but this is the specific yeah. formula that's really like talking about blue light ray. Right? And I don't think that that's talked about enough because I don't think that people are discussing how to make formulation to block that.
1: Well, it's brand new. There was just an article in Vogue about mm-hmm. how uh, that we can link to for you
0: yeah
1: uh that talks about basically where we're headed with sunscreen needing to address blue light exposure because we're finding out that it is aging our skin um and then the last piece so this is all the new stuff around the new uh beauty counter sun line because it got even better literally a week ago Which i
0: didn't think was possible i loved it before
1: yeah no performance wise
0: it was fantastic and yeah, i'm excited to see the, it getting better adding the blue light ray protection like that wasn't even on my radar. So I'm even more thankful that they would print something like that out there. You know,
1: I thought that was going to be something that kind of came about in about five years.
0: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Really honestly. I know. So
1: anyways, so aside from that, so badger bomb is a good one. um, A good brand. I also like Bobo Botanicals. They have like like a sunscreen stick that, that you can Mm -hmm. use. Um, And then beauty counter sunscreens are fantastic as well. And the only ones I've found that even if they leave a white cast, when you put them on, when you rub them in, there's no, no, what you can't tell which is great because I'm not trying to walk around look more white than I already am. I'm <laughs> so pasty, uh, but I tan pretty well. So hopefully that actually happens this summer a little oh, bit yeah. with responsible sun exposure, I yes, should say. Yes, casual, responsible. Very responsible. responsible. <laughs> So for those of us who um, have not treated our skin the best when it comes to sun exposure over the years, and now we're exercising safe sun exposure, um, but we do have some hyperpigmentation, some extra photo aging, um, I would love for us to do another episode about how to clear up some of that stuff, because I think Ooh, the anti-aging yeah. skincare conversation would be fantastic, but I would love to hear about any procedures that you suggest. I
0: have so uh, much to say. I
1: know, and I've just <laughs> recently delved into right getting, I just had my last facial, or, my first facial before one of our last recordings and um and it's already made a really big difference for me so Mm -hmm. I also want to learn about cryo
0: facials can we talk about that Oh yes, of course. Oh my gosh, there's so So many. So we're gonna geek out. We'll geek out
1: on some solutions for you guys, you know, further than just sun protection. Because for those of us who haven't always protected our skin,
0: which is a thing. It is. Yeah,
1: I really only have been for the last five years or so. Before that I was a little sun worshipper, baby oil and all.
0: Girl, I worked in a tanning salon before I went to aesthetic
1: school. Oh, and that's a whole (laughs) nother conversation, right? Because you hear so it's the really interesting thing is that, you know, as we learn quote unquote learned about like what what rays were good for us and what rays weren't and what tanned our skin right Mm -hmm. because uva rays will tan our skin because they they penetrate deeper in your skin right but they also are very very damaging and very aging um Mm -hmm. and so the you know they touted creating these you know newer technology for tanning beds that didn't expose you to uvb rays so you wouldn't burn right which means you can be in there longer but your skin's also not indicating when too much is too much right so so actually I've heard a lot of really interesting research suggesting that if you do if you do go to a tanning place you know to a tanning bed um to you know go and get go in one of the older beds that that still have uvb light exposure and are more balanced with what they're exposing you to and I just thought that I don't know a lot about that but I just thought that was a really
0: interesting thing to know because I'm sure somebody Mm -hmm. is going to be like excuse me what about tanning beds I know I yeah I think it's important to be able to talk about all the methods that let's face it like I hit mid-February and I am dying in the northwest I've got a little bit olive skin tone and I can I can feel the lack of vitamin D my my legs are translucent right now (laughs) (laughs) I know I mean beyond like the color it's like like I can feel it in my body that it's acting differently and it's interacting differently throughout the day with my food and anyway and it's like there there's a lot to be said for getting because we go for months without seeing the sun here like mm. months people it four minutes in a tan bed is not going to give you like a burn and there's a lot to be said about that because there are certain and it depends on your body you have to pay attention to what your body like i have really all of skin tone i could probably handle four minutes in a bed once a year. Mm, yeah you know what i mean i'd probably burn <laughs> and some people are like that so you have to be patient they to your do body. condense it too they do which is on like 4 minutes is like my max i'm like That's okay legit. i'm sure the tanning bed lady is like are you oh, sure you're such a wimp Four 4 minutes, <laughs> are you sure <laughs> but i mean there there's a lot to be said about like all sorts of like strategies and things like that so don't don't be afraid to ask us questions because we we want to talk about all the things that you have this is like about. eight more episodes i know and right? we're like an hour in okay which means we're done you guys we're done it's time to wrap it up all right guys we hope that you gained some helpful information and that you were able to use this to uh, get gear up for summer and enjoy your summer ahead and not have to think so hard about how to protect yourself and your family but still be able to feel good about your shopping experience so we are excited to be able to give you more information in the future and keep us posted yeah thanks for listening everyone Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.